Hello, and thank you for joining us. In lieu of a live staged spring production this year, Penn State Shenango's theater class has produced a radio play festival. The students wrote, directed, produced, edited, and acted in these four excellent one-act radio plays, which took a tremendous amount of effort and creativity on top of their existing coursework for this class, the rest of their studies, and their personal and professional lives. The result is some truly original, thought-provoking, and hilarious stuff that comes across just as well in the audio format as it will, I imagine, someday on stage. Please enjoy Penn State Shenango's 2021 Radio Play Festival, featuring Rough Night at Zumba Class by Amelia Kovach. Lights up on a wide open dance studio. Baskets of yoga mats, warm-up bands, and a stereo sit in the corner. And we can believe that there's a line of mirrors at the end of the stage where the audience begins. In the corner is a dead woman's body, face down, with a knife sticking comically out of her back. The dance leisure she's wearing is saturated with her own blood. Three elderly women enter, chatty and naive. The first one is a short, stocky, no-nonsense woman named Agnes. She fled Hungary after the fall of the USSR, and she's very religious. The second is Doris, the tallest of the group, and definitely the alpha. She's passionate, but not the most wise. She adores all manner of true crime and murder mystery media. The third is Esther, the most quiet of the group. She's the best at knitting, and she's no longer happy. And then he stuck out his cane and said, Give me that sauerkraut! <laughs> <laughs> Why did God make man so stupid? Did I tell you girls about Bob, my old neighbor? He, he caught a clove of garlic on fire in his microwave, and the whole nursing home had to... Agnes? <gasps> Mary, mother of... Shit! Oh, sweet Melissa, say it's not true. Oh, sweet girl, no, no. Wait! What? This woman is dead. And we might have killed her. Who says that? The police says that. Why? Really, Donna, what would drive these three little old God-fearing Christian ladies to do such a thing? I mean... Convenience. We were the only ones in here, right? Besides, girls, you've been bad-mouthing this poor woman here for weeks. Zumba this, Zumba that. Isn't it horrible? I hate the cha-cha. Don't act like you weren't just as bad, Doris. Always complaining at lunch and at dinner. Everyone in this old nursing home knows how much you hate her. Oh, look at you. Already framing me no for murder. No one's framing anything. Listen, girls, this woman is dead. Well... Well what? Is she dead? What do you mean, is she dead? Look at her, she's bleeding all over. I don't know, we should be sure. Stop! Fingerprints, ladies. The cops can always track them by their fingerprints. This isn't your stupid law and order, Doris. Fine, let's... We'll wait and see if she breathes. The women huddle around the body for a comically long time, watching for breath. Finally, Doris stands up, frank and annoyed. Yep, she's dead. Oh, who could have done such a thing? It's always the janitor. Or, or the ballet. Or, or maybe the mistress of her husband. Why, thank you, Miss Marple. Well, Miss Detective Woman, who did it? Well, ladies, <clears throat> I have a hunch that what we have here is a grade A suicide. Oh, no! What? But it's sticking out of her back. You would think that, and I would say so too, but I just saw this rerun of Criminal Intent, and this girl set her kitchen knife on a shelf, sticking out, and to make it look like a murder, she- No, 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 no! Donna, that's horrible! Besides, do you see any shelves here? No. Melissa is a good girl. She wouldn't. To take your own life is a sin. Can you blame her, though? If she did. What? I mean, 
Not that I'm, and not that she... Aren't you getting tired? Esther? Not that I'd ever really do it, I just... Don't you sometimes want some peace and quiet? Yeah, but then I just turn off my hearing aids. I have lived a very long life. I taught English to fourth graders. I saw Italy twice, and I went to church every Sunday. I've been a good person. I... I give pocket change to the homeless people when I see them. I mean, not too much, but you know, I, I've had a full life. I just, I buried my Chris last fall and I'm ready to go. Agnes, I know it's a sin, but can you blame her? Esther, I don't know what to say. We love you, Esther. We want you here. Every day is a blessing. I know, girls, I know. And I love Lord Jesus will take me when he's ready. Won't you, you sick bastard? <sighs> Forgive her, Lord! <laughs> Whoa, Esther! We should call the police. Huh? No, that's a terrible idea. Do you want the Lord Jesus to take you while you're sitting in federal prison? No, but... We aren't guilty of any crime. Not that we have to be. Those feds will take whoever fits the bill. And we, ladies, are the prime suspects. Us? Old women? Honey, they're ruthless. Oh, shut up! Listen to you! This isn't your deadline, or... or your... Agatha Christine. Agatha Christine? Agatha Christine, this is real life. This woman is really dead. She had a life and, and a future. And a family. And a family that deserves the truth. Besides, what else could we do other than call the cops? Well, we could... Doris? Cut her body into pieces with a knife and carry it out in our handbags. What? Or maybe roll it into the exit door and leave it in the ditch by the trees. What is wrong with you? You have no respect for human life. I have plenty of respect for human life, darling. Death, on the other hand. Are you hearing yourself? You are so caught up in these little detective crazy ideas that you don't even know what is real life anymore. You are so... I'm calling the police. If you call the police, I'll frame you. You wouldn't. I would. Eat shit, bitch. Esther gets th to the phone, calls 911. Doris gets to her, tackles her to the ground, and begins to choke her. Agnes, upon seeing this, says a silent prayer, pulls the knife out of Melissa's back, and runs toward the other women. The stage goes dark. Food in the Fridge by Aiden Tai. The play takes place inside of a refrigerator, where all the food lives, that's inside the apartment of a woman named Donna. It's been a long day of Donna feasting. Charlie, a cucumber, is lying down. Arlo, an apple, comes over to visit him. Well, Donna is sleeping. Bonnie was taken today. Such a great friend. Why broccoli salad? Bonnie broccoli's now in Donna the Destroyer. Why couldn't it be... Bonnie? Potato salad sounds just as good. Cheer up. Hey, so how about peachy? Quite a peach if I'd say so myself. I don't know. When I was almost sliced and put into a sandwich, Donna was watching that black box thing. There were some hot veggies on there. Thank God the bread was moldy or else I would have been eaten by Donna the Destroyer. Hot? Yeah, hot. What do you mean by hot? We live in a fridge. Humans used to des describe each other. Oh, like Donna? No, she looks like her dog. What does hot mean then? It's when you would want to be cooked with them. Oh, who do you want to be cooked with? I want to be cooked with Peachy. Arlo, I get it. You like Peachy. Maybe I should go talk to her for you. Wait, Charlie. Hey, Peachy. Charlie and Arlo are sitting in a butter container, which they use as a table, playing cards. The butter is irritated that it's being used as a piece of furniture. I have no greens. <laughs> Skip a uno. Why do I play this? I'm just the uno champion. The refrigerator door starts to open. 
Arlo and Charlie drop to the floor, throwing their cards all over the place and stay still. Why was Fun Mart so busy? It's Tuesday at 10 a.m. She sets the newly bought groceries and eggplant and the lemon in the fridge, then shuts the door. When it's closed, the fruit and veg spring back to life. Hey, welcome to the fridge. I'm... The refrigerator door opens again and they all freeze. I thought I saw Uno cards. Maybe I should go on a wine cleanse. Hmm. Wait, is that beer? Donna grabs a beer and shuts the door again. Anyways, I'm Arlo. This is Charlie. I'm Leo. I'm Eugene. Thank you for welcoming us. We are happy to welcome you. Life here is eventful. Hey, Hot Stuffing. Hi. Say, you want to go on a date? What is what you called a date? Come with me and find out. What was that? You looked at him so funny. That's no way to welcome him. He's hot. Oh, great. Peachy and Eugene sit in the produce section together and chat. You're such a cutie. What's a cutie? You really are freshly picked. So, what's Charlie again? He's a cucumber, but I'm a peach. I think Charlie might be cute. Yeah, Charlie is pretty nice. Wait, what? No! We're on a date! Me and you, not Charlie! You like me! Get down, you stupid dog. I need to grab some things. Get out of here! Donna opens the refrigerator door. Donna takes Leo, but Spot barks and jumps in the way and also grabs Peachy. Spot, stop! I should go find Charlie. Charlie. Charlie! Do you hear something? Oh god, it's Spot playing around with Peachy! No, no, I hear someone calling my name. Hi, Charlie. How are you? You're such a cutie. Do you want to go on a date? Peachy took me on one, but I don't like her. She was a peach. I like cucumbers. Oh, I'm sure he would love to. He likes you too. Yay! See ya. Charlie and Eugene are sitting at a butter container in a pizza box. The butter is still annoyed it's being used as a table. The pizza box is functioning as a theater of sorts. Slices of pizza are dancing and putting on a show while the rest of the food watches. Such a nice show. It is. Could you imagine being pizza? I can imagine being a salad. <laughs> You're so funny. How long have you been here? Well, my stem came out of the ground a couple of months ago, and then me and my siblings were picked and sold to a farmer's stand. N no, no, I was just wondering. How long have you been in the fridge? You've been here longer than me. I'm not sure. Not sure? I think a week. What about you? You saw me get in the fridge, silly. Oh, right, right. A slice of pizza approaches the microphone. Good evening! Anyone want to dance? Come on down! We should dance. Come on. I can't really dance. I might just stay here. Ah, uh, come on. It'll be fun. At least come stand with me. I guess so. Charlie follows Eugene to the dance floor and dances awkwardly at first, but slowly gets into it. See? It's fun. This is fun. Do you know what hot means? No. Why? We're in a refrigerator. It means you want to be cooked with them? Oh, like a cutie? Yeah, you feel all warm inside about them. Do you feel that way with me, too? Ever since you got here, I thought you were a cutie, but I've been too nervous to say anything. Now we can... Charlie notices that suddenly everyone has fallen silent. Peachy storms in. She looks beaten up and gross. The dog really had a toll on her. Where's Charlie? How dare he steal my cutie? He was mine! I had him first! 
Let's go, Eugene. No. Excuse me? No, you're coming with me. No, I like Charlie, not you. Okay, fine. You leave me no choice. Peachy calls over the bouncer, a giant jug of milk who intimidates everyone in the pizza box. Mel! Hey, girl, what do you need? Listen here before I dump your milk down the sink. Open the fridge. But the laws of food in the outside world... I don't care! As you please. Mel, being a super strong milk jug, pushes open the door. They are now visible to the outside world. Say goodbye to your lover, Charlie. Enjoy your meal, Spot. Peachy dashes over to Charlie and pushes him out. <laughs> Charlie screams as he gets tossed out. Charlie, you stupid peach. Serves you right to get chewed by a stupid dog. I love Charlie, not you. You can't change that. Eugene jumps out of the refrigerator to run after and save the love of his life. Eugene, no! Eh, suck it up, Peach. You three, get out of my pizza box! This is my show, Gord! Charlie and Eugene are now in the outside world of the refrigerator. I can't believe Peachy did that. I guess so. Wait a minute. Yeah? Doesn't that stupid dog live out here? Yeah, but he can take me. Why are you being such a blueberry? A blueberry? Oh, I see what you did there. I just... When I met you, I... I... I fell in love with you and I thought we could be happy together. Until Peachy threw us out. Now we're on the floor. Everything on the floor is known to be eaten. Charlie, stop. Stop what? Don't be sad. We're a pair. Okay, okay. You caught me. A thudding noise. The ground shakes. What's happening? It's Spot, not a stupid dog. Well, we may not get cooked together, but at least we will get chewed up together. The thumping gets louder and louder. Then they see Donna, drunk on the floor. Hey, fellas, what are you doing out here? Oh, just chilling. I think we were supposed to be... You were supposed to be used in my stir-fry recipe. Rolling around the floor is so much fun, though. I suppose I could use a bit more. Well, let's get cooking. Donna stops rolling and gets up. She picks up Charlie and Eugene, taking them away to be made in the stir-fry. Donna goes to prep the dish and sets them on the counter. Charlie and Eugene are happy to be cooked with each other. The Hustler by Lauren Cuzio. I haven't woken up from your typing since you forgot to finish your term paper last year. Grandiose sense of self-importance. Oh my god. What? Can't you wait until morning to do this? It is morning. Later than 4 a.m.? I'm in the middle of something. You've got like another month before you have to look for a real job. You have nothing but time. Can you just do whatever you're doing after 8 a.m.? This was the only time she could talk with me. It's 6 p.m. her time. Who is she? Renowned mental health specialist slash therapist from Australia. Poor? Wes. How many times do I have to tell you? Just because Wes skipped a graduation does not mean he's a narcissist. The Australian shrink thinks he might be. You never know until you set him up to prove it. Without his knowledge, of course. Have you even talked to him in the past week? Nope. Has he talked to you? Nope. He's probably on another fishing trip with no cell service. Typical characteristic. See number six. They never apologize. I'm gonna call him. It's 4 a.m. You really think he'll even answer? You might want to think about what you're going to say to him first. And you're already calling him. You know you're a dumbass, right? Love you too. 
Yeah, turn. Wow, it's a miracle you're not on a boat in the middle of the Atlantic today and can actually answer your phone. Let's go to dinner tonight, somewhere nice. Ugh, this couldn't wait. Your fishing trip couldn't wait. All right, that's fair. If by nice you mean expensive, no. This is the first time you've talked to me in two weeks at an exceptionally unreasonable hour at that, and you already expect me to start spending money on you again. Well, I wasn't the one who missed my graduation. I'm an econ major, not a neuroscientist. I get one degree, one graduation, and I ask you one time to show up for something for me. Forget it. I'll save that conversation for dinner. I'll pick up the tab tonight. That's not how it's supposed to work. That's how it works tonight. Pick me up at 6.30. How's Marco's villa? Oh, sure. See you then. Bye. Smooth. Now, are you done or should I just start my day now? I'm done. The Australian lady has to go to her son's t-ball game. Go to bed, Rachel. Good night. It's now 6 p.m. and Carmen is waiting for Wes to pick her up. You look nice, Carmen. Thanks for asking me to go to dinner, Carmen. Otherwise, we never would have spoken again. Thank you for attempting to salvage our relationship, Carmen. Will you relax? You have zero idea what he'll say. I have a pretty good idea, and it's none of those things. $20, he says at least one. $20, he says none. Maybe I should just leave him out there. If I have to deal with your shit for one more night- I'm kidding, I'm too invested in this to turn back now. Are you sure it's a good idea setting him up like this? I don't want the situation to spiral even more than it already has. Australian Shrink suggested it, and I think it's a great idea, so I guess we'll just find out. Where did she even find that lady? Hey. Hi. You can come in. I haven't started biting people since you last saw me. Carmen leaves the room. Is she planning to kill me? I doubt it, but if she was, she definitely wouldn't have told me about it. Too risky. You know, she's probably the only person I've ever met that could pull off a murder and never get caught. Now is not the best time to be telling me this. She's just pissed. She's not going to murder you. If my boyfriend was planning to miss my graduation and didn't tell me, I'd be pretty mad too. Just take good care of her tonight and she'll lighten up. And even though she said she would pay, pay for her anyways. She's more strapped for money than she seems now that she's stopped letting her mom send her monthly checks. Carmen comes back into the room. I don't think I've seen you wear that dress before. Was that a compliment or a, an acknowledgement? Compliment. It looks really nice on you. Carmen, to hold up her end of the deal, hands Rachel a 20 out of her bag. We'll be home at some point tonight. I'm not your mother. You can come back next week for all I care. See you later. Always nice to see you, Rachel. Carmen and Wes arrive at the restaurant and get seated. Carmen gives Wes a death glare. I haven't even taken my jacket off and I've already done something wrong. Well, you could have picked somewhere a little more private. Maybe a booth or something. Hi, I'm Seth. I'll be your server tonight. Can I start you off with anything to drink? Gin and tonic. Uh, cheapest whiskey you got. Alright, I'll be back with those in a minute. I'm gonna go to the bathroom before we get too comfortable. I have a feeling it's gonna be a long night. Carmen waits until he is out of view and pulls out her pocket psychology book by the Australian therapist she found online. Here's that gin and tonic, miss. Deep need for admiration. Huh? Oh, shit, I can't multitask. Thanks for the drink. 
Sure thing. I'm sorry, I couldn't help but notice. Is that Dr. Lehneman's pocket psychology? Yeah, it's definitely come in handy lately. She's actually my therapist. Well, not my therapist. A therapist I talked to for someone else. No way. I heard getting an appointment with her is crazy expensive. It is. Getting in touch with her is a pain too, but I managed to pull a few strings. Well, that book will come in handy. All my psych professors had one in their office during my first year of undergrad, and I ended up writing my senior thesis on it. Funny you say that. My first year roommate had to carry that book with her everywhere on campus for a week and analyze at least one stranger using one of the techniques. Everyone must have been obsessed with it when it first came out. Was that assignment for Professor Marx? Yeah, the only reason I remember was because I had him for an elective psych class, and he wouldn't shut up about how we all should be going into psychology because of that book. So you're a big red too? Of course. Why else do you think I'd have a job and still go to school? Tuition for Ivy's ain't cheap, and I'm in my fifth year. I gotta go wait some tables before my manager fires me. He doesn't like me much, thinks I don't bring in enough revenue. I'll be back to get your order in a bit. Sounds good. Wes comes back and sits down. Did you order without me? No, just talking to our waiter. He's a Cornell grad, too. Oh, did you exchange life stories or something? No. He looked familiar. We had a few classes together. I... I didn't even know I was going on that fishing trip until I woke up on the boat. Did your buddies kidnap you or something? How do you just wake up on a boat? You've seen The Hangover, right? Seriously? Carmen, I honestly don't remember if I agreed to go or not. I mean, I wanted to, but I didn't want to miss your graduation. But I wanted to tell you first, but... Sorry, I have to take this. As if you weren't already on thin ice. She takes out her pocket psychology book again. Hmm. So you appear to be on a date. Your boyfriend or date, or whoever he is, appears to be really grinding your gears. Or vice versa, which is why he sat with you for about two minutes max. Wow, I didn't realize you're a fortune teller, too. Just psych major. Did I forget to tell you that? So you're just sitting here reading me? I'm reading the whole situation. Rookie mistake to just read one party involved. Uh, need some help with that man of yours? I don't know yet. I brought him here tonight to... test him of sorts? See if I could get him to show signs of being a narcissist. I might be able to help you with that. How so? Well, with a generous tip. Done. She pulls the $50 bill out of her bag. Now tell me before he gets back. I call myself the street psychologist. What the hell is that? You know, like, street pharmacists? You mean drug dealers? In, in a sense. Like, people that failed out of med school and have a majority of the qualifications to legally sell pills, but do it on the streets instead. It brings a little extra dough. Alright, I'm following. So, my friend and I got this idea to start a side hustle that's like private investigating, but we took it a step further. Instead of just gathering information about people, we assess it and figure out what's wrong with them. You wouldn't believe how many people want to know what's messed up about their family members, partners, friends. Uh, it's been pretty successful so far, except my last client. His brother found out he was spying on him and lit his garage on fire. Needless to say, his brother had some anger issues. Okay, yeah, Wes won't do that. He's just a narcissist, I think. Here, do me a favor, make my job easier. Write me a list of things you've noticed this far that 
make you think Wes is a narcissist. That way, I get some background info on this guy. My job normally lasts for a week, not just a few hours, so I'm gonna have to work fast. I expect a little re extra reimbursement for the rust nature of this job. Fine. So how exactly are we even going to assess him? Teach me your ways. Once he gets back, go to the bathroom or something. I'll need some time alone with him to be accurate. What'll you do while I'm gone? Play his ego a bit. You almost have to treat narcissists like a child. You have to reaffirm them or they'll cry because they don't understand they're not always right. Hmm. Interesting. You know, he hasn't even given me a simple I'm sorry for missing my graduation. Missing your graduation? That's a big deal. Apparently not to Wes. I get it, Cornell's supposedly the easiest Ivy, but that doesn't mean my graduation is irrelevant. Totally justified. And don't go downplaying going to Cornell. It might be the easiest Ivy to get into, but the hardest to stay at. You should be proud of yourself. Oh, I am. It's just frustrating that Wes doesn't seem to be. You might not even have that capability. Don't worry, I'll figure it out. I sure hope so. I'm warning you now, though. I don't have any formal waivers for you to sign, but you can't sue me for whatever I discover in the process. Wes might not even be a narcissist. He may just be a terrible boyfriend, and if that's the case, there are no refunds. Do you agree to buy, buy these terms and conditions? I'm desperate. What choice do I have? Good. Sign this. Your notepad? I told you. I don't have any formal documentation, so I require an informal signature to keep on hand. Alright. Wes sits back down. Hey, sorry I took so long. Before you say anything, that was my campaign manager. We were getting on the same page about the events of the fishing trip in case anything came out to the public. It shouldn't, but it's best that we're prepared. What do you need to be on the same page about? You were drunk on a boat with your friends. You're of legal age for that and didn't do anything illegal. Wait, you didn't do anything illegal, right? The, the boys don't seem to realize I can't party like I used to. Oh my god, you're not helping your case. What was it? Drugs? Did you kill someone and throw the body off the boat? Lay it on me, I can handle it. Can you relax? I'm not an accomplice. But why does killing people keep getting brought up today? I've been giving you my monthly checks for my parents for the past year to help you out with your campaign, and you might have just blown it on a weekend you can't even remember. If you would have been there for my graduation, none of this would have happened. Listen, I'll get you the money back. Yeah? How? With what job? With what savings? I do my best never to remind you of it, but you're broke, Wes. You're broke. Have you forgotten you've essentially been living off of me for the past year and a half? You have no idea how excited I was when you were told me you were going to run for a seat in the house. I was excited enough to fork over my family's money just so you'd finally do something with your degree. I may never even earn that money back. Worst investment I've ever made. Wes, I could seriously kill you right now. I could... Please don't. I need a minute. She leaves the table and goes to the bathroom. Wes anxiously awaits for Carmen to return. Are you ready to order, or do you want to wait until she comes back? Now that you mention it, I just realized I haven't even opened the menu, and God knows whether she'll be back. Well, she left her purse, so she probably will. If a woman is eager to leave somewhere, she'll keep all of her belongings with her at all times. Are you supposed to be Dr. Phil or something? Something like that. 
Considering she won't even trust me with half a penny of hers now, I'm surprised she just left me with all of her money like that. So, do what any sane person would do. Which is... Take it. Just grab her purse and run before she comes back. She already doesn't trust you with her money, so just prove her right. What difference does it make now? She would hunt me down and kill me. I bet she would throw me off of a boat. Is that where she got that idea from? Focus. You're running out of time. Now you have a decision to make. You can either stay and let her bitch you out for the rest of the night, or you can leave a few hundred dollars richer. You could probably even blackmail her with that bag of hers. Regain your power. You have the opportunity to do yourself and your finances a huge favor. To be fair, I'd be pretty upset if she made me believe that she wasted my parents' money, which is what I said I did to her. Back up. So you actually did waste her parents' money? No, I just said I did to get her off my back. I figured it would be more believable if I said I did something stupid. Everything is believable when it makes you angry. That is indeed true. Chapter 2, Section 8, Pocket Psychology. But what did you do with the money? Well, um, I bought her a ring. I hate to break it to you, but I don't think tonight's the ideal night to propose. Thank you, Wizard of Oz, for that absolutely riveting epiphany. So, how does this connect with you missing her graduation? How do you know I missed her graduation? She told me. She seriously just told a complete stranger our relationship issues. I mean, you just did the exact same thing. Yeah, out of here. I'll order when she comes back. Seth walks away and calls his side hustle business partner, Mason. Hey, I just got us a client with some hefty cash. How much are we talk? This girl's stupid rich. She just forked over $50 before I even started my assessment. And she managed to get in with Dr. Lineman. Anyone who manages to get off Dr. Lineman's tenure waitlist has to be loaded. She is. She even smells expensive. She just so happened to leave her purse unattended with her boyfriend. I'm sure, however, she has in that bag could really help this business get off the ground. Don't get caught, because she could probably sue you for ten times what you take from her. Don't worry, I have a plan. Can you meet me back of Marco's in ten minutes and take the bag with you? I'm just around the block. Be there in two. Sweet. You know, this is a huge score for the street psychologists. I'll believe it when I see the money. Just don't get caught. Seth hangs up the phone and pulls the fire alarm, and everyone in the restaurant exits in a panic. Carmen, Wes, and all of the other diners are out on a street corner. What happened? I have no idea. I was just sitting waiting for you and it went off. Cook probably just burned our meals. Too bad we didn't order. We didn't? Oh my god, you're right. We didn't. We've been here for two hours and we haven't even made it past the arguing stage. You do understand why I'm angry with you, right? Well, Carmen, please, please don't kill me, but I kind of just made up... Seth approaches Wes and Carmen after giving the bag to Mason, avoiding suspicion. Hey folks, how we doing? Do you know what happened? No clue, I was just talking to my manager. Well, while we're all here, Carmen, care to explain why you're telling strangers our business? I'm, I'm no stranger. Carmen and I knew each other from back in the college days. Yeah, Wes, I told you we had a few classes together. That doesn't mean you go telling him our relationship problems. He just asked what's been up with me lately, and I didn't lie. Once again, if you would have come to my graduation, we wouldn't be having this issue, would we? 
I'm sorry, okay? There's nothing I can do about it now except make it up to you, which is what I'm trying to do. I know it was important, and I'm sorry I missed it. He finally said it! At least we know he's not a narcissist now. What? Uh, I think I'm gonna head out. Don't you have to go back to work once they make sure everything is okay? Eh, I kinda hate this place, and my manager has already wanted to fire me, so I guess I'll just speed up the process. Joke's on him. I'm about to make some big bucks. I can afford a Tesla! I'm gonna be rich! You told that guy our relationship issues. He was right about you not being a narcissist, though. Takes one to know one, and he would certainly be able to know one. You aren't kidding. Why would he think I'm a narcissist, though? Well, I kind of paid him to help me figure out if you were. He noticed me reading this psychology book when you went to the bathroom and started asking questions. I saw the opportunity, so I took it. I've been doing research on it for weeks, and I haven't gotten very far. I mean, in my defense, it was selfish of you to miss my graduation and not even tell me about it. It seemed like a very narcissist thing to do, so I panicked. Carmen, I was trying to tell you before we got interrupted. I didn't miss your graduation because of a fishing trip. I've been keeping an eye out for a vintage ring like you wanted, and I found one at a pawn shop in Maine. I didn't want to wait to get it because it was too nice. Someone else would have bought it. So I packed up the night before your graduation, drove to Maine to check it out, and I didn't make it home until the day after. You couldn't come up with any better alibi than, I woke up on a fishing trip with the boys. I didn't want to blow it. I figured you'd be more likely to believe me if it was over something that would make you mad. Alright, fair enough. But seriously, there are like a million other things you could have used as an excuse. A bee infestation in your apartment, family emergency... Alright, alright, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's safe to come back in! Everyone makes their way back inside the restaurant and sits at their respective tables. Didn't I leave my purse with you when I went to the bathroom? Yeah. It's not here. Well, I didn't take it. I didn't think saving your purse would be the first thing on your mind when you're in a burning building. We weren't in a burning building. We just thought we might be. But still, that's nobody's first thought, even when they think they're in a burning building. See, saying you're in a burning building makes anything sound cooler. Alright, you have a point. But who would have bothered to take it? Waiter slash Dr. Phil made a comment about your purse being on the floor. Said that if you were planning on ditching me, you would have taken it with you, which was awfully observant. Why would he think I was ditching you? I sort of told him about our incident. See? Isn't it easy for Seth to get you to open up like that? I think I'm slightly justified in what I did, especially since you did the Carmen, purse. Way more important than which of us are justified in oversharing our purse-stealing waiter. How much money did you have on you? Well, ample enough to pay for both of our meals, and some drinks, and a taxi in case things went wrong, and my credit cards. Cards as in multiple? This is bad. Call the credit card company. Stop any damage before it starts. You know, I don't really even care. I'll deal with it tomorrow. Let's just get out of here before they realize we couldn't even pay for our drinks. <laughs> Carmen and Wes slip outside. Lose something? I swear I put my keys in your purse. What a lovely night we're having. I can pretty much guarantee I'll be in debt by tomorrow and you're carless. Never better. <laughs> well, since tonight has absolutely sucked, 
Why don't we just get it over with and end on a good note? Get what over with? The proposal? I don't have the ring. I wasn't planning on doing it tonight. I planned on making it far more special than on the street corner. You also don't have your car, and I don't have any money. I don't think it really makes a difference at this point. <clears throat> Want to get married? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how are we going to get home? Um, neither of us have any money, so I guess we're walking. and Wes make it back to Carmen's apartment and are completely exhausted and delirious. Well, look what the cat dragged in. Oh, yikes, you guys look horrible. Thanks. Six miles later, thousands of dollars down the drain, and a burning building. Somehow we made it back alive tonight. The burning building phrase is starting to stick. Oh my god, my feet hurt so bad, I'm about to saw them off and feed them to the pigeons. Oh, hey, actually, could I use one of them as a makeshift engagement ring until I give you the real one? You guys got engaged? Yeah, we weren't really planning on it, but if the foot fits, wear it, you know? Did your Australian therapist lady advise you to do this? Didn't consult her. He's not a narcissist. I don't think there's any other guy who would want to marry me after tonight's goat rope. Well, that's great, guys. I'll get the champagne. We can celebrate. No, 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 no. Liquor. Hard stuff. It's more of a shots kind of night. We'll do champagne tomorrow. Rachel breaks out shot glasses and pours one for each of them. To Seth. To Seth. Seth? Who's Seth? Don't worry about it. 